Hey guys, uh, welcome to this episode of the Lean Muscle Warriors podcast. Uh, today we have an amazing guest. Um, is a colleague of mine, an online coach, um, and he's from Canada. So his name is Patrick Ash. Hi, Patrick. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm fantastic, Francesco. How are you? That's I'm great. I'm great. Uh, yeah, it's a bit cold today in Vienna, uh, but uh, things are things are great. Um, we're gonna be in lockdown for another month, um, but that's fine. You know, there's plenty of space outside to to work out. Absolutely, yeah. It's that's that's why we're we're partially virtual. I mean, we've got snow on the ground here, so I don't know if you've got snow on the ground where you are, but yes, uh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, changing a season, so we just have to adapt and move on. So Yeah, exactly. And Patrick, do you want to introduce uh, a little bit uh, um, what do you do, uh, who do you help? Uh, um, yeah, and a little bit about your uh, work as an online trainer. Absolutely. So I'm an endurance coach and exercise physiologist. I own the endurance coaching company, Endurance Journey Coaching. And we help endurance athletes ages 40 plus get stronger, faster, and rock their next endurance event without sacrificing all of their important time and energy. It's really become our life work to help people unlock their best endurance performance, really one they've been dreaming of their whole lives. And often, um, the people we work with have been searching for answers through the information plethora that we have in front of us uh, to feel, live and perform better. And really we work with them to launch them on this traje trajectory to really develop a whole new version of themselves, one they haven't met yet. And that's really what we're about. So thank, that that's, that's very interesting. Like, is it like, athletes so over 40s uh, yeah. so in which kind of um, events do these athletes compete so we deal primarily with endurance athletes runners yeah so runners meaning road running so might be like uh, 5k 10k okay half marathon marathon and then we have a contingent of folks who also focus primarily on uh, trail running ultra distance racing. So, you know, like 50 kilometer, 50 mile, 100 kilometer, 100 mile races. Wow. And then we have a contingent of people who do uh, triathlons. So they'll do uh, sprint distance all the way up to uh, Ironman distance. Wow. That's that's so cool. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I am very cu curious. Uh, um, like what, what is your current training routine right now? My current training routine is, uh, interesting in that I'm very intuitive. So meaning like I often listen to my body and will adjust things basically. But if I were to pare it down for you, essentially I do some form of training most days of the week. Yeah. It's just part of my lifestyle. It's what I do. If I, if I'm not moving around it, <laughs> it tends to affect me negatively. So the more I have some structured training of some sort into the mix, it, it helps me. So generally most days of the week. Yeah. 
I'll often change a session though. Like if I have a particular uh, training session planned, I, I may adapt it or change it based on how I'm feeling. So if I'm a little bit tired on a particular day or maybe feeling a little bit sore, I might adjust it. Or if I'm feeling great, I might, you know, push it a little bit harder. Just, I tend to find as I've gotten older into my forties now, I'm 43, that uh, making those decisions to adjust on a regular basis is super important for consistency mm-hmm. because consistency is the name of the game. The more consistent yep. we can show up every day, yep. that's where the results come from. Yep. So ultimately that's, that's what I'm striving for is how can I be most consistent and thinking about it in terms of what can I do today that will allow me to show up tomorrow? Sure. Cause if I do something today that affects my ability to show up tomorrow, maybe that wasn't the best decision. So ultimately that's what I'm trying to do. If I were to kind of give you a schedule, if you're interested in, in, in knowing how I break down my, my absolutely, week, uh, generally I'll strength train uh, three to four days a week. I uh, love kettlebells. That's kind of my favorite implement to use. Uh, I do get ups, uh, squat swings, cleans, snatches, presses, all the, all the different one. I'm, I'm a big fan of the work of strong first. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, Pavel Satsulin and his crew there really like the work that they do. And I've done a number of training sessions or um, uh, coaching courses with them. So I, uh, I really enjoy their work and implement it often in the work that I do. The other thing that I do that you may find interesting is I often wear a heart rate monitor when I'm strength training. Mm-hmm. And the reason I do that is uh, I like to evaluate my body's response to a particular training session. So often I'll do uh, a similar session during the week. So it might be like, uh, let's say 10 swings every minute on the minute for 10 or 20 minutes. And I'll wear a heart rate monitor and I'll check my heart response to that particular session. And what that will tell me is, am I a little bit fatigued today or am I adapting while the session? So if my heart rate's really high or higher than it should be normally, that might tell me, hmm, something's going on here Mm -hmm. that maybe I need to adjust the session. So it just gives me that extra layer of feedback. The other thing I'll tap into as well is my breathing rate. So if I'm in a particular session and I find that my breathing rate is higher for a session than it normally is, that might tell me, hmm, Maybe I'm a little bit more fatigued. And again, maybe I need to adjust things a little bit. So it's always, when I talk about being intuitive, I'm always thinking about, okay, how is my body responding to it? And something that we teach our athletes as well is to really listen to your body. I mean, you can have all the fancy gear in the world, but unless you know how to really understand it in terms of your body's response, you're really missing the point. So it's really important to make sure that you're really in tune with your body at every step. Um, and How that's, do you, that's a big piece of it. If I, if I can ask you, um, based on what, yep. on what you said, um, do you as well monitor, you said that you monitor your breathing. How do mm-hmm. you um, kind of keep track of your breathing feedback uh, from session to session? It's really simple, and this is something I learned with with Strong First, and it may seem kind of ridiculously simple, but I like simple. I love simple. (laughs) Yeah, it means people can apply it. And and simple enough is it, how long does it take me between sets to get back to talk test? So when I can talk comfortably 
yeah. to you just like I am right now. Yeah. How long does it take me to do that? Yeah. You know, is it 10 seconds, is it 20 seconds, is it 30 seconds? What's my normal? Yeah. And then I can adjust my session based on how my breathing's responding to that. I see. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, the, the talk test is something that even as a personal trainer at the gym, it's something I regularly use the, like with clients uh, when I say, um, you know, I, I want them to work at a specific heart rate, uh, um, but I don't want them to give, uh, you know, a specific indication in terms of uh, like a number of heart rate. And I say, let's say, let's uh, try to find an intensity where you can still feel like you are slightly out of breath, but you can sustain a conversation with a friend. So kind of an aerobic yeah. state. Yeah, and, simple, simple. And I was uh, wondering as well, because of course, uh, I guess like uh, aerobic activities. So like, um, I, I don't know, do you run like during the week? You said that you do four, four strength uh, training session. And then where does training in terms of running yeah. or aerobic fit into this? So for me, my endurance right now primarily comes from rowing. That's okay. one thing I do quite yeah. a bit of. I'll run a little bit, yeah. I would say you know, maybe one to two times a week at this point, it will change on the year based on what I'm, I'm kind of doing. And then I'll, I'll generally ride uh, one to two times a week. Uh, so at this point in the year, we're indoors. So I have a indoor trainer set up that I have. Um, and I run a, a virtual training session once a week. It's a it's a long ride for my endurance athletes. So we generally do like a quick little a mobility and strength session that's about 15 minutes long before and then we'll do a two-hour ride after which i'll lead so how do you do it that's that's the other part of my endurance how how do you do it how do you lead that uh, that session is it you said virtually so generally i i i develop the the training session obviously and then um i'll do it over zoom typically and so i'll have athletes from all over the place and they'll jump on and we'll do this ride together and it's essentially like i'm leading their workout so i give them technique cues we you know encourage them as we go along and yeah it's just a it's a way for us to have some good quality structured training on the bike yeah when we're inside so that's that's what i do once a week that is so cool and since uh, we are into training um you know, I'm very curious uh, because I, I met a lot of people who loves running, who loves um, to do that uh, as part of their regular routine. So I'm curious, uh, what's your stance uh, on, uh, you know, training an athlete, uh, um, an endurance athlete? Uh, how does uh, if uh, resistance train, if you believe resistance training should be a part of their normal uh, training routine and uh, what is uh, like in your opinion, the difference between a regular gym-based uh, um, training plan? I would say that uh, for endurance athletes, there's, there's three components to that question. The first one is, I believe all endurance athletes should have some sort of movement practice. Hmm. So meaning something that's allowing them to support and encourage a good range of motion in their body so some form of activity that does that so for me i primarily use two methods in in my practice i'll use a foundation training as one 
-hmm. and then the other one is move not or move natural some of those principles that have done work with both of those uh, companies in okay. some training work so those are those are two pieces that i often use the other piece is strength work i believe is essential and the reason why i believe it's essential along with the movement training is because as we get older especially the population i work with the body's ability ability to be resilient durable to make sure that we're we're uh, keeping on top of maintaining uh, bone density mm -hmm. and range of motion becomes super important in endurance sport because the the thing that tends to happen in these races is as the race gets longer and as the athlete tends to get towards the finish line the race tends to break down and the body and the technique tends to break down later on in the race so the movement practice the strength those add a level of durability and resiliency to the body that allows them to maintain their form and technique in the later stages of the race when it typically matters hold on can you repeat so the that's last uh, why those two components can you repeat the sorry the last uh, sentence because you froze a little just the last sentence oh, okay yeah so so it, the strength and mobility is really important for resiliency because as the athlete gets later in the race the yeah. ability to hold their form technique mm -hmm. is a Yeah, okay. I see. It's breaking down. I see. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess, uh, um, you know, it, it becomes very, very important to, to implement. And what, uh, what would you recommend? Because uh, um, if I understood uh, right, uh, like you work as well um, with normal people. So people that have a family, have a job, uh, and then they like to do this uh, in their free time. So... Let's say that, uh, I mean, in my experience, uh, all the people I, I work with, uh, they can aim for three to five hours a week uh, of training. How does, uh, so what, what, what would you say it's, uh, in your opinion, the people you work, work with, uh, how, how do you manage this time? Can, they, can your client work out more? Are there any specific guidance in terms of that? The time variable is really dependent on the length of the event that they're training for. So obviously the longer the event, the more training time that's involved, especially from developing the endurance to do those events. Um, so if I were to kind of give you a range, <laughs> this is very general. I mean, it's going to differ on a particular person, but I would say, you know, six hours a week up to, you know, the, the longer distances probably get, sort of the 15 16 hours would probably be at the longer end wow um for most of the athletes i work with now there's some <laughs> some outliers there on either end just based on their their uh, goals their lifestyle and that sort of thing but generally most people would fit in that range yeah yeah coming coming from a, a swimming uh, competitive background uh, I, I think I was averaging 30, 35 hours a week uh, of training. Swimming is another uh, wow. yeah. uh, you know, super high volume uh, sport, <laughs> I'm sure. 
Sure, you know, but the thing is, uh, um, as if someone have instead, uh, I don't know, uh, aesthetic goals, uh, they can get away as well with three to four hours a week of training. Um, but yeah, with endurance uh, times uh, becomes even more valuable than, than it is uh, uh, natural, naturally. I would probably make the point too that for endurance athletes, when we talk about a strength program or resistance training program and, and, and movement program, I look at it in this perspective that those activities should always be a complement and a support to the endurance activities, training activities that they're doing. So they should never detract from an athlete's ability to be consistent in those activities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes, in other words, another way of saying it is you never want an athlete to be so sore from their strength or mobility exercises that they can't perform their endurance exercises the next day because that's counterproductive. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's I completely agree on this, uh, and and this is the difference between doing something general or something specific, right? So if a person have three hours a week uh, available for training, uh, you you might you, you surely want to use uh, the biggest percentage for the specific activity, so running. Um, exactly. And then just kind of uh, complement with the with the, some sort of resistance training. Yeah, yeah. And and I would say yeah. I would say too the other piece that's super important is the program for the athletes that I work with has to be simple to follow. <laughs> it can't you know it's got to require minimal equipment. Yeah. And be able to execute it from warm up to finish. Yeah. In thirty minutes or less. Fantastic. Generally speaking. Fantastic. Because of the amount of time it takes to train the endurance components, yeah. um, that that time efficiency becomes essential. Yeah, of course. And imagine, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious because uh, now we are talking about uh, training and uh, I always wonder, like, since I am, let's say I am an athlete, uh, endurance athlete, uh, and uh, I already challenge my heart rate uh, and cardiovascular system quite a lot uh, during the running session. So how do you manage uh, the resistance training session? Because in the resistance training session, you will convey with me that you can work on a range of repetitions. So you can work with strength, uh, hypertrophy or endurance. Would you bring into the resistance training as well the cardiovascular aspect? Uh, or would you focus instead of something different, like more hypertrophy or strength? I don't think I don't think you have ever your athletes maxing out like a deadlift, uh, no. one rep. Oh, exactly. Okay. No, often for me it's um, looking at a progressive model, so doing a similar set of exercises over a period of time, then increasing the resistance within that as their body adapts but always with the, the asterisks of never so challenging that you can't perform your session tomorrow. Yeah, okay, okay. So that's always the golden rule. So that's where that intuitiveness that I talked about earlier and you know, listening to your body and adjusting as you need to as you go through becomes super important. And you were telling me earlier that uh, as well in your uh, in your field, uh, um, there is this thing of being a little bit uh, jealous uh, of uh, the knowledge. So I think it's great yeah. that uh, this uh, style uh, of uh, coaching clients is as well 
a way to make the person independent because they they're gonna auto-regulate the session based on how they feel so that's that's amazing mm -hmm. yeah and you know, it becomes it becomes essential for the athletes that i work with for sure cool and since we are talking as well about time like imagine uh, i am contacting you for some guidance uh, and i'm really passionate about uh, um i don't know running uh, and i want to compete uh, but i'm really busy i am an executive uh, i am a dad uh, and uh, i don't have much time um, even if we don't work together what would you say in your experience is uh, a five minute action i can take uh, to make time uh, for working out for training well firstly i would say uh, get a plan and support from a professional coach Okay. <laughs> to ensure and this is the key line to ensure the plan will fit into your life yeah because a lot of people will purchase a plan online or whatever and say okay i bought the plan now i'm going to try to fit my life around this plan yeah and that never works yeah because life is always going to happen yeah there's always going to be things that come up that are going to impact your ability to be consistent so this is where a coach can be super super helpful in navigating the th the things that happen in life that will impact your ability to be consistent. Then from there, I would say like, if we're talking about just a day to day action step, yeah, this is super important. I always tell my athletes the day before a training session. So if it's Friday today, what I want you to do Friday for your training session on Saturday is go into your calendar, review your session. So you know exactly what you have to do get your gear ready and then look at your calendar and say when do i make time for this not find time you're gonna make time for it so what we're doing by doing that little bit of five minute preparation is we're taking away decisions the next day because we've already made them now we know what we're gonna do we've got our gear ready so when you get up or whenever you're gonna go to your session you're not wasting time saying oh what do i have to get ready Oh, what's the session again? Yeah. And you've already made the time in your calendar so that you don't have to make those decisions. Then the last thing I would say from a motivation perspective, if you're struggling with motivation on that particular day, you're, you know, just not feeling your fitness mojo to get after it. I always say commit to the first 10 minutes. Just tell yourself, okay, I'm going to do the first 10 minutes and then I'll see what happens. Because generally speaking, once you get in and start and get through that first 10 minutes, the rest of it just starts happening. So that's, that's what I would say are some, some helpful steps to, to help with consistency and taking that five minute action. Love it. So reach out for support, uh, um, plan, and then show up. Yep, you got it. We say that all the time at Endurance Journey. Show up is one of our primarily primary principles for sure yeah, yeah. I, lo I love that mindset um patrick just uh, um to finish uh, i'm curious what is uh, a hundred uh, um, dollar or less uh, uh, purchase that really impact uh, and transform your life i i love this question so <laughs> for me uh 
from I'll stick to sort of the fitness theme, but generally speaking, the kettlebell was definitely one of those things that I purchased for under hundred dollars. That's been amazing for me. The second thing, and I learned this from um, MoveNet, is I got a two by four, a six foot long two by four, and it's the one of my cheapest pieces of exercise equipment. But I use it a lot for balance work. Fantastic. So just walking on it back and forth. I'll have the kettlebell. I'll carry it. So how These is it? What is it? Simple. Is like a board. Simple. Yeah, like a basically like a, a two by four, six foot long. Yeah. Fantastic. So, you know, you can do lots of different exercises on that board, but it challenges your balance. And that's right. something, especially as older athletes, that we have to continue to work on is balance and stability. So it's an easy thing that you can put in your in your home gym. That's super simple. And it's you can and I do it as part of my warm up every day. Yeah, it's just part of what I do. So. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, with the kettlebell, uh, I I I can feel you because this summer I was traveling and I I was out for uh, shopping and I saw this kettlebell and I was like, for fifty euro, like it's gonna last forever. It's not gonna break, yes. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, those things won't break down for yeah. sure. Yeah. Cool, Patrick. If I um were to um, wanting to work with you or to contact you, how do I find you? And yeah, how do I get in touch with you? Yeah, the best way is uh, I'm on uh, social media on Facebook, Endurance Journey Coaching, or and uh, I've actually started a brand new group on Facebook. It's free to jump in there. So if you're on Facebook, check it out. It's called Fit and Fast After 40. Okay. That's a awesome thing to join in, provide lots of content and support, and it's all people who are in our genre, our age genre, are looking to stay fit and fast after 40. And then I have my website, endurancejourney.com, is a great place to check us out there as well. And uh, Instagram, Endurance Journey. So those are the main vehicles to, to check us out at. Cool. I'm going to share the link uh, to, to, to those uh, sources anyway, so you're going to find them in the descriptions. Perfect. Patrick, thank you. Thanks so much for coming today. It was a, it was a pleasure. Well, thank you, Francesco. I'm super grateful to you to have me on your show. And this was a lot of fun. Good luck for the future. You as well. <laughs> ciao, Take ciao. Care.